more hungover than Tony Stark, it's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast every week on the Laser Time Podcasting Network. And as always, it's me, your host, Henry Gilbert. That's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. Hey. Never hated this show more than I yeah. do right now. I am. Uh, I didn't have as much to drink as one Brett else today. Hi. Hi. And also Chris Antista. Hello. I'm not Brett. Yes. Hello. Uh, well, we the, did both. Oh, wait, sound effects. Ooh, Brett. Chris. Good. Good. There okay. we go. All right. right. Hey guys. I, I challenge you to come up with one new one. There's I, a bunch look. in there. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, hey, it's it's G. In case you don't know, it is the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco. We all used to be video game people, yeah. and we still get invited sometimes to places that have free drinks and yeah. Chinese food, uh, uh, which is what we did last night. It was a fun time. Thanks, Forge. I didn't eat the food, but I did enjoy the oh, drinks. And those cupcakes were delish, delicious little cupcakes. I just, yeah. And uh, they had uh, this. Uh, what's the name of it? Oh, the the chairman. It's called the chairman. It's this food truck that's like Chinese fusion food, which what they were serving were, you know, soft tacos or I guess traditional tacos. It was that, but, uh, you know, steam buns. So it was like, you know, the cell, instead of a tortilla, you have the shell of the taco is a steam bun. I, I, I just love Chinese steam buns. Uh, which, so. which Batman versus Superman story was that? Oh, come on now. We're <laughs> going to get into that in a second. This is just the patter at the opening. Uh, there's a lot of fun in this episode. Let me tell you, not only are we going to go through the history of two of DC's most famous superheroes, uh, there's also a ton of news, including the return of Spider-Man. Uh, and uh, it's hard to believe that was, that was technically since last wow, episode. Yeah. Uh, and also the first ever Ask Hank question and answer oh, yes. format plus question of the week. And I've even been reading a few things that I can talk about. But why don't we begin as we always do with the Superhero Spotlight. Select your hero. And who do we got here? Well, why don't we let Lex Luthor tell us about it? And now you will fly to him and you will battle him to the death. Black and blue. Fight night. The greatest gladiator match in the history of the world. God versus man. Day versus night. Son of Krypton versus Bat of Gotham. That sounds really dumb. That is right. That is the Batman versus (laughs) Superman through history. And that is... A very recently released clip of him is yeah. uh, uh, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor in the Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice film. And, yeah, he's saying that to ba- Superman the entire time. It's 23 seconds long, and I expected Superman to eventually just say, like, shut up. Shut like, up. I'm not going to fight that. Like, why his answer after that should be, I'm not fighting him to the death. You're dumb. Yeah, like, is he going to, like, blackmail him or something? Like, yeah, there's. he definitely is. They're making it pretty clear in the most recent stuff that... He is the impetus for their fight. He uh, is the one pushing the two of them against each other and tricking them into it, as has happened sure. in previous comic books, which I will talk about in this very All right, Perd, let's go. Spotlight. <laughs> let's start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Superman and Batman first appeared in the late 30s. Superman kind of started superhero comics in June 1938 with Action Comics number one. Within a year, May 1939, Batman first appears in Detective Comics 27. Yes. Listeners, look to your left. Look to your right. 
one of you will be alive during yeah. Superman's 100th anniversary. It's true. Yeah, I just want to put some fear in people for no reason. Yeah, no, I, I they just that, passed yeah. their 75th. They'll be just, 50 years old. When they were first published, they were not owned by the fir- by the same company, but by 1940, they were National Allied Publishing bought Detective Comics, and so then Sounds they like became Nabisco? Yes, <laughs> I know it's it's such a crazy name, but if you want to talk about what their first meeting was, they were actually kept very separate, yeah. like in comic books. They didn't meet for a very long time. Technically, their first meeting was on the cover of World's Fair Comics 1940, Mm. a special published for the World's Fair of 1940, which i got to think that had to be a pretty bummer of a World's Fair, because (laughs) normally those are like, let's look to the future, and at this point, like, Hitler's taking Poland, I think. Hitler's taking Poland, here's some cartoon characters. (laughs) But Superman and Batman are here, they're here to tell you that we got quite a future. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in that case, and also in the comics for, like, All-Star Comics, the early Justice Society stuff, they're on the cover together, but they don't really interact, and... Mm. They even published, like, the World's Fair book had them on the cover, along with Robin, but it was just to promote, if you buy this, you will get a Superman story and a Batman story. Mm-hmm. Reprints, in some cases. Yeah, I mean, it's, so, it's not too dissimilar of, like, you when you buy a Sports Illustrated with Ronda Rousey and, oh my god, a famous baseball player. <laughs> I am at a loss for current baseball players. But uh, you don't... Ex- it, that's, that's, that's the same... Brian Wilson. But that's like the same extravagance here. It's just two people featured on a cover mm-hmm. to get people to buy something. And, and it works. But mm-hmm. it, so it wouldn't be... They wouldn't share their first comic book story together until Superman 76, May 1952. Jesus. And uh, it has this really great cover that starts what their relationship is going to be up until the 80s, which is Superman is trying to save Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. But then Batman shows up, and Superman it's Superman reaching for Lois Lane saying, this looks like a job for Superman. Then Batman swinging to the other side saying, no, this looks like a job for Batman. And so it's just this kind of one-upsman, friendly, chummy one-upsmanship. Yeah, right. Their first time meeting each other was uh, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne take a cruise uh, separately. <laughs> and thanks to a series of mix-ups... They're put in the same room and are forced to share a bed, which in the 50s was just a thing like, I guess we're sharing a bed. We're just a couple of guys like in the army. Did this have a special guest appearance by Horatio Sands? (laughs) (laughs) And, and, well, this is where it gets even sillier. So a a diamond thief is is on the cruise causing Superman and Batman to have to like, they're like, uh oh, we got to change into costume. And each thinks they're going to secretly change in front of the other in a pitch black room. And then, like, a a light shines through the porthole. And they both see each other changing, like, you're Superman. You're Batman. God. Wow. So well, that early they knew each other's identities? From 1952, yeah. Wow. They knew they each other's identities from their first appearance. They never, they never had the distrust of not knowing each other's mm. identities. They're just like, yeah, I know who you are. I know who you are. And they stop the diamond thief, and that's that. And they did the, that Superman can't move fast enough that he could have changed like that, mm-hmm. and that he slowly is putting pants off, <laughs> taking his pants off, and yeah, he's like, he, in the dark. <laughs> and I, they do establish when they meet uh, later in in life that Superman mm. always knows that Batman's Bruce Wayne because he yeah. can see through his fucking costume. Well, they're both. Yeah, it's it's something they always get out of the way every time they've done a first meeting. It's just yeah. like boom, we know, like we both know this stuff. Yeah, like there's Even actually the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, I have X-ray yeah. vision and I'm the greatest detective. We both know each other's identities. There's nothing to hold against one another. Well, I guess if you're going to mention it now, let's let's talk about that Batman versus Superman animated scene. I heard you were crazy. I didn't think you were stupid. Bruce Wayne. You peaked. 
I won't have vigilantism in my town. You'll be rid of me. As soon as I find the Joker. That may not be soon enough. Ooh, they're not so friendly there. Just imagine their shoulders all popped out, yeah. puffed up at <laughs> one another. But then it's great because like, Clark goes home at the end of the night, and then there's like this long like pull back into the, the window, oh, and yeah, it goes you, back, you back, realize, back. Yeah. And Batman's like a mile away, and he's like, gotcha. Because Batman, I, I like that line you peaked. That's Batman yeah. saying... I wouldn't have tried to find out your secret identity. Mm. But if you're going to look through my mask, then yep. all bets are off and yeah, I'm just yeah. going to well, let's be on the same yeah. let's be on the same level here. I am the world's greatest detective. Like yep. that's that's that also shows a big difference between Superman and Batman that's always been there. Superman has all these gifts and for him he's like, "Oh, what's Batman's secret identity?" Bloop. Oh, got it. For Batman, it's like, what's Superman's secret identity? I have to work really hard to secretly stalk him and yeah. see him change. From that 1952 first meeting, it kind of that sets up their relationship from then on. And it would start the world's finest books. And it was just them about being like chums. Mm -hmm. And they'd just be hanging out. Like most of the original world's finest covers are like Batman and Superman playing baseball against each other. <laughs> and like Robin's there yeah. too. And, and that's a famous baseball player, Batman. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> it's just, it's this weird, it's this old Americana chumminess yeah. between them. Because at that time, it was Superman's era. Like Superman yeah. was the happy dude. Batman had to be as happy as Superman. And he was just the crime fighter. And that's pretty much how it stayed. Even like they were buddies in Justice League too. They were always sharing books and that. They, they had a very long relationship as the world's finest team. But then we get to Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now, we always talk about it in any DC history, but lightly, just to touch on it here, that it reset all of DC's continuity, which gave them a like clear starting point of none of that, none of their being best bros, handshake stuff, yeah. like that never happened. So yeah. they could start from a new place. And coincidentally, in 1986, June, to be specific, mm -hmm. around the same time as Christ on Infinite Earth happens, a comic comes out that completely changes their friendship from then on. And that is The Dark Knight Returns, specifically issue four. So in The Dark Knight Returns, that is a classic Frank Miller book where Batman is now in his late 50s. He is retired and now he gets out of retirement and is beating people up again. While Superman has become a tool for Ronald Reagan. And and an authoritative American government. I, I just speaking of which, I just watched the uh, animated version oh, recently. Yeah? It is pretty damn good, and they do not shy away from the grotesque depiction of Ronald Reagan in the new cartoon. <laughs> He's pretty that's horrible in the, comic in the book. book. It, yeah. It, yeah, he looks awful. But because and it, it's it's put as Superman is a government stooge because yeah. like I believe in the American way, which. He translates to be, whatever the president tells me to do, I yeah. do it. Even though in 1986, that means him doing some bad stuff. And and one of those things he's told by him, bring in Bruce Wayne. Deny the existence of AIDS, Superman. <laughs> and so Superman has to take him on. And it, and it sets up the first ever, like, not in continuity, but it was never specifically like, this is a future. This isn't a thing that will never happen in continuity. This is the future of our continuity. Mm. And that's when he... He tries to bring in Batman, and they then have their iconic fight in Crime Alley. Batman in his super suit, and he's doing everything he can to beat Superman. One, Superman has been hit with a nuke uh, that week, so he is weaker than he's ever been. Then he gets shot with a kryptonite arrow. Then he's being punched by a robot suit that is powered by the entire uh, city, of Gotham. city of Gotham. <laughs> and that's when and Bruce Wayne beats him. And then there's the famous line about, you know, remember my hands on your neck. This was the man that beat you. And mm -hmm. it 
I think it was. It's hard to say it now because we've lived in a world of so many super yeah. Superman Batman fights, but this was the first real one, and it was mean. It was yeah. bloody. Like Batman hated Superman. And it always just been an accepted thing in nerd conversations then. Mm-hmm. Superman would always be Batman. Duh. Right. He's got all the powers and Batman has no powers. But this turned it on its head that it just became Batman has the killer instinct. Superman is a dweeb who will get beaten up by Batman. And, I had a, I had well, a feeling he doesn't it, have a killer instinct. Let's, uh, yeah. let's clarify I had, that. I had a feeling it began here. I just can't believe the first real fight is in my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, that's it really insane. was. That's, that's one of the first... I mean... There are a couple of classic ones where it's like they pretend to fight each other or Brainiac takes over somebody's brain. It's all this mind control stuff or a couple of imaginary stories. But this was the first true fight. Yeah, you have to imagine there was like an internal rule that like, no, you, you don't do that. That yeah. is not allowed. They're friends. I cannot imagine someone about? didn't think about this. No, I know. But, but Frank Miller's the one. He had just enough power yeah. to, to get away with, with crossing that line. And then that comes to... I mean, that kind of just changed everything from then on. Around the same time in November of that same year in 86, that is when John Byrne, he had been doing the actual incontinuity reboot of Superman post-crisis. And he gets to write a new first meeting between Batman Mm. and Superman in Man of Steel 3. It completely changes things. Mm -hmm. In that one, Superman meets Batman for the first time. He's just like, you're a criminal, and I should arrest you Mm. and rip your mask off right now. And then Batman says, well... If you use your x-ray vision, you'll see that I have this uh, energy field around me. If somebody super dense like a Kryptonian goes through it, a bomb will explode and kill an innocent person. And Superman's like, you would do that. You'd kill an innocent person just to stop me. I thought, I never thought you were so low. Then at the end, it's revealed that the person who would explode is Batman. The Batman right. had the bomb on himself. Of so course, it was... Yeah. It was the old, old trickaroo there, but yeah. s- but still. Would you say it was a mystery? Yeah, there we go. But that ends with once Superman finds that out, he's like, "Okay, I guess you're not as you're not going to murder somebody, but we're not friends. Like right. you, you tricked me, and and they just have this kind of like uneasy friendship from there, and it grows from there. Like pretty soon in the in the post crisis world. They're hanging out more and more, and they are getting friendlier, but they're still like, we have different styles, and like Clark will say, you shouldn't have done that, and Batman will say, you shouldn't have done that, and it's just kind of a level of grumpiness, though Batman was among the top of the mourners when, you know, Superman died. Same with, it's not technically a fight, I wouldn't count it, but in Death in the Family, where Robin, Jason Todd dies... Superman has to stop Batman from arresting the Joker when he's got diplomatic immunity from the Ayatollah, as we all, as was all happen, we, as happens from time to time. And then Batman gets mad at Superman and punches Superman in the face a few times until Batman's like, "My hands hurt, and this isn't this isn't helping me deal with my grief." Oh, also, there's surprise. A- Batman can have that revelation after year <laughs> decades of not dealing with his grief. Well, <laughs> at least with Robin's grief, he's like, "But the other grief, I, I'm never going to." What deal grief? With. I turn into a giant costume vigilante. I, I've dealt with my grief perfectly fine. <laughs> One thing that helps reconnect Batman and Superman is this thing of trust that they've done several times in other books, which is. Superman gets the kryptonite ring from Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. he, and he's like, I can't keep this. It's dangerous for me, but who would I give it to? And he gives it, he gives it to Batman, oh. and he's like, if I ever step out of line, I want somebody I trust to stop me. Mm. 
so I'm glad you have kryptonite. And mm. and it's this thing that always keeps going, which would come up in their later fights. Then 1996, there was Kingdom Come, which was kind of built around Batman and Superman having ideological differences and nearly coming to blows. Yeah. But it also shows you, it was written by Mark Wade, who he loves Silver Age su- Superman more than any character. Mm. The one who's good buddies with Batman. And to show you how far it goes, like... Kingdom Come is a response to the grittiness of the mm, 90s. Sure. Of them coming up to the edge of like, Superman's just going to murder everybody because everybody just wants dark, mean people. And then they step back from that edge and they start repairing things. And that notebook could start with Superman and Batman at each other's throats and then end with an epilogue of them hugging. Yeah. Like, the book ends with a, the, like a, a Superman-Batman hug in a superhero restaurant. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Hey, each one looks like a painting. It's, it's beautiful. It's you Ross, you yeah. should read it. So then October 4th, 1997, that's when the first, I think, real Batman versus Superman moment outside of comics happened. That was the three-part crossover World's Finest in the DC Animated Universe, which yeah. were technically just three episodes of the Superman animated series, but the Batman animated series premiered at the same time. Around the same time. That's when they redrew Batman. Yeah, it was like, yeah, there was a 92 to 96 probably or mm-hmm. whatever of Batman the Animated Series and Superman. And then they redrew like everyone. Like Joker yeah. looks has like green skin instead of like the white, you know, Mark Hamill face. They all kind of know. Yeah, when they redid, yeah, they redid everybody for a third season on Kids WB. Yeah. Just to accompany the Superman uh, animated series. And the 97 show was a takeoff actually on a world's finest book by Dave Gibbons from the 90s too, which is where... Lex Luthor and Joker team up and yeah. kind of one confuses the other's enemy. It's like, why is the Joker in Metropolis? That's your problem. Why is Lex Luthor in Gotham? That's your problem. And they're kind of at each other's throats. But their first meeting, which I played earlier, was just so great because Superman's like, hey, you're not supposed to do this. And then Batman just like judo throws Superman. And it doesn't hurt Superman, but he's just in shock of like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. And then he shoulder checks Batman into the wall and Batman is clearly hurt, but yeah. uh, but they eventually they also come to terms like you know what I don't trust you all that much you don't trust me but we're good buddies now and th- mm. there's also a funny bit where we are friends Lo- again Lois Lane <laughs> Lois Lane dates Bruce Wayne in that story nice. and and she finds out he's Batman and she doesn't know that Clark Kent knows too and so she's it's funny to see her on the other side of covering a secret identity to Clark Kent's face. <laughs> uh, I would also say another major moment in their fighting thing is in the July 2000 JLA 43 through 46, which is Tower of Babel. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, another Mark Wade one. The plot is that Rachel Ghoul got Batman's plans on how to stop the entire Justice League, Superman included. And it is this, again, another like huge breach of trust. And again, using it, it's using a Batman versus Superman plot against him. And they even made it into a really good animated feature called Doom. I would give that a watch. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's got all the animated series voices in it, but it's, it looks kind of like the Unjustice show. Though. Yeah, it is. Like, even though Batman has this ring, mm-hmm. he also has a plan to deal with any Justice League member if they got out of line. Yep. And then now the Justice League finds out, and then Batman's kind of ousted. Even though I would assume Superman... I, I read it a long time ago, so... I can't remember if is Superman ever like, well, I did give you permission. Well, <laughs> Superman though, still felt he felt betrayed by it of just like you should have protected this more at least uh, or or let us know and then Batman's just like I guess they well, did the red point tonight to him, not the yeah. ring, huh. No, but he's also he, yeah, Batman's point is well, if I told you then it wouldn't work. Mm. Like the the one that happens to Plastic Man in the comic is the meanest yeah. because he gets he gets frozen and then shattered. 
and it just like breaks him. And same mm-hmm. with Aquaman is given scarecrow toxin to make him afraid of water, so he's like drowning uh, in air. It's mm-hmm. some hardcore stuff. Uh, Tower of Battle is a really good book. And then also December 2001, that's when Frank Miller does Dark Knight Strikes Again, where we get round two of his fight, which just shows you that Frank Miller does not like Superman because <laughs> Batman beats Superman in one page. Like Superman comes to the Batcave. And then he just gets punched like 10 times by kryptonite gauntlets on old Batman. And Batman says, get the hell out of my cave. And it's, that's it. Like, Superman just fucking just leaves with his tail between his legs like, no, I suck. Batman's so cool. So is he, is he still working for a president at the time? Uh, he, yeah, he was working for President Luther, but then he quits. Ah. And uh, then he has sex with Wonder Woman so hard that they, <laughs> that they, they cause volcanoes to explode on Earth. It's, so like, it, it's like a primal, primal rage windscreen. <laughs> <laughs> then another big fight happens that also is a big moment for Batman in general and Superman. Uh, the Hush storyline, mm. written by Jeff Loeb, art by Jim Lee. Mm-hmm. Big, big deal. Batman 612 is where Superman is being mind-controlled by Poison Ivy, mm. and they fight each other. And Batman is like, well, here's how my plan works. You get all this internal monologue, which mm-hmm. is really interesting. Yeah. Of Batman saying, okay, I'm in Metropolis, and I know that their sewers are lead lines, so Superman can't follow me. He'll, I'll, get, I'll be able to surprise him. I brought this kryptonite ring with me because I, I thought this might happen. I just have to keep punching him until and, and hope he doesn't come to his senses that he could rip my spine out if he even <laughs> thought. And then he also says, like, well, even though Poison Ivy's in his brain, Superman's will is so strong that she can never get him to kill. Sure. Uh, and the way he snaps Superman out of it is he drops Lois Lane from a building mm. just so Superman goes, like, oh, he'll definitely save Lois. Mm. But... But it gave you a, a one of the most gorgeous fights they'd ever had yeah. because uh, Jim Lee's drawing it. Yeah. And it also would lead to, a year later, Jeff Loeb with Ed McGinnis launches Superman slash Batman. Oh, which yeah. takes a step back from their antagonism any, even more because it's so silly to read it now, I have to say. Because you have them dueling inner monologues. And they're always talking about, I respect Clark so much because he knows what the real power means. Bruce is one of the best men I've ever known. <laughs> and they're just talking about each other so glowingly, just yeah. so glowingly. It's crazy. I, well, it, I, I guess at the time, because I was reading that for a while, and I I liked it because it was kind of cheesy, but it was at least like kind of a throwback to the 50s, Yeah, 60s it's the world's finest book. Yeah, like, it yet, totally is. So it's like at the time, a lot of comics are, they're not needlessly gritty, like 90s stuff, but comics mm-hmm. are definitely growing up. Like this is meant for a 20 or 30-year-old, not a teenager yeah. or a kid. Whereas this comic felt like, oh, this is way more of an old, an all ages thing. Which it was colorful. It was fun. It was very, very colorful. Yeah. It was a really good Shazam and Hawkman versus uh, Batman and Superman fight. I really enjoyed it in that. But there were a couple Batman Superman fights in that book. Mm. One was where Kingdom Come Superman somehow got into the regular timeline, and when he's fighting Batman, he's just like, "What? Come on! I I let you win those times. Like I could kill you if I wanted to. Like, I don't care." <laughs> Shut up, Batman. <laughs> and he just totally clowns on Batman, which I felt was Loeb in response to Miller's version of yeah. Superman would always lose to Batman. And there was also a bit where Batman got um, possessed by Kryptonite Man uh-huh. and uh, was fighting Superman for, for an issue. But again, it was just more of these like, uh, it's a different timeline, dude. It's possession and yeah. all that. But also the Dark Knight thing set up that you can have tons of Batman Superman fights in alternate universes. Right. Like those those happen more often than they don't, it would seem. One of my favorites is in Superman Red Sun, 
from July 2003. That's where what if Superman was a communist raised in Stalin's Mm -hmm. Russia. He fights communist Batman and (laughs) Batman beats him. He surprises him with red sun lamps. And just locks him away. And he's if it hadn't been for Wonder Woman, Batman would have won that fight as well. Another good book I'd like to suggest is Lex Luthor, Man of Steel, which is uh, written by Brian Azzarello. Mm. And it is a hero book from the position of Lex Luthor. Like, Lex Luthor, I'm the hero. And in this, in issue three, he tricks Batman into fighting Superman. He's, he's able to convince... Uh, Batman that Superman is a threat this is early in both their careers and in that one it is the classic thing you'd always expect Superman sees this guy named Batman who has kryptonite and he then without before Batman can even think uses his super breath to blow the kryptonite out of Batman's hands and then just kind of shoved him down he's like yeah okay we're cool right like you're not going to do anything and and you can't hurt me so see if and that's the thing if you give Batman a week to surprise Superman you told him Think of a plan to beat Superman. He could do it. But if you told Superman right now, stop Batman, he'd do it. Like he'd yeah. if if there's prep time, Superman's got That's a chance. That's like the but. oldest the oldest adage that there is on the internet forums is uh, <laughs> w- with time to plan, like is how you start every sentence with Batman. It's like, well then yes, Batman could beat anyone if you gave him twenty four hours. I mean Wolverine like, would have no chance against him if he yeah. had time to plan. Yeah. But if he just met Wolverine, I'd still give Batman a good chance. A good chance I give him a good chance, but it's like you can't hurt him with anything. <laughs> no, I mean, if anything Batman that... would see that he's unkillable, then he would just go like, "Okay, then I'll just explode his face and just yeah, something, here. yeah, yeah." That he can't. He's, there is no lethal blow to Wolverine, so yeah. he would. But it may take too long. By the time it, there was like one bear, uh, Daredevil Batman crossover where he realizes Daredevil's blind, mm. and it's like, oh, so if he's blind, then his ears are really susceptible, and then. He has this noisemaker yeah. thing. Yeah. And he will figure that stuff out because he is the world's yeah. greatest detective. That's his thing. That's what their friendship was up to Flashpoint. They were pretty much friends, but they could sometimes get into fights. Then Flashpoint and the New 52 happens, and they restart from zero again. Their actual first meeting, chronologically, though this would get retconned, was in that Justice League, the first Justice League story, Origin, by yeah. Jeff Johns and Jim Lee, where Batman and Green Lantern agree, let's go ask this guy named Superman in Metropolis what's up. And then Superman just beats the crap out of uh, Batman and Green Lantern. And then Flash shows up to try to help, and even he can't stop him until Batman finally like convinces Superman, hey, no, we're, we got to work together on this thing. And that's when Superman finally listens. But it was, again, just some antagonism between them. But they, again, eventually just become bros again. And they, mm. they get on the Justice League. They're all buddies. They go to Apocalypse together. All the, all the fun things they always do. Though there were two big fights in post-Flashpoint worth mentioning. that One was in Batman colon The Dark Knight 5. Batman is taken over by a new form of Scarecrow toxin, which makes him super strong. And he starts a fight with Superman until eventually Superman says... I, like, he's not... Superman's not fighting back. And then he... Finally just says, ah, screw it, and punches Batman, nearly kills him, but the shock of the punch uh, beats the the Scarecrow uh, toxin, mm-hmm. and Batman's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, then meanwhile, the toxin uh, gets reversed. Yeah. The toxin situation gets reversed in Endgame? Batman Endgame. Okay. Yeah, you've read so, that one, Chris. Yeah. yeah. That's, where, that's like the first page. It's like yeah. Superman coming for Batman. Joker toxin has been spread mm-hmm. to all the Justice League, who Batman beats, and then he gets to... Superman, who 
he's crazier and he's been jokerified. Is but, that where he like reveals like, yeah, I got a plan to kill all of you. Yeah, yeah. I always he, have. Yeah. It's again they pull that out, but Batman's very just nonchalant mm-hmm. about it. And and the way he beats me is like, Oh, I have this thing powered by a bunch of mini red suns. Mm-hmm. Like it's not crypt it's not the old kryptonite thing. I'm just gonna punch you with these red suns. And <laughs> and there's even a fun line where Superman in and this Joker inf- crazy put says, these red suns in an infinite gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it becomes fan fiction to a point in that case. But Superman even says, while under Joker toxin, it's always been the question: who'd win in a fight, Superman or Batman? And then they have a pretty good knockdown dragout fight, but Batman wins in that case again. I also want to say probably because it's in Batman's book. If it was also a Superman his, writer. His mind is controlled. He's not. He doesn't have uh, Superman's actual yeah. brain is exactly. not working right now. Exactly. But that's kind of all their big fights, and that's leading us now to Batman versus mm-hmm. Superman: Dawn of Justice, which is the first live-action time Batman and Superman have ever shared the screen in yeah. seventy-five years. They have never truly been in live action together in in their own movie or TV show or anything. I believe the only time you could even construe, and I love thinking about this the other day. In the background of the movie I Am Legend. <laughs> that's right. Also yes. by Warner Brothers. There's a logo very similar to the one that's on the movie right now. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Warner Brothers, see, in 2002, as early as 2002, they thought they were going to make a Batman-Superman yeah. film. But then they chose to go with Christopher Nolan's Batverse yeah. instead, which put all other live-action Batman projects on hold. Yeah. Uh, but in 2002, they were still planning on it, and... Even by the time they were making I Am Legend, it felt like somebody somewhere was thinking, yeah, we will make a Batman You have to do this before the apocalypse. That's all we're saying in I Am Legend. (laughs) And it seems like we're going to get it, but now the apocalypse is going to happen now the movie's coming out. It it is, and it is weird seeing, like, people introduce clips and guests on talk shows, like, for the first time ever, Batman's fighting Superman. I'm like, that doesn't even register in my brain. No (laughs) no way. But but still, like, that rundown, that is... It's happened surprisingly sparingly for yeah. for a comic Relatively, company like yeah. who's constantly who's who's out to like throw big ideas at the at the wall and see what sticks I'm, mm-hmm. I'm surprised with the restraint I mean this is them coming to fisticuffs there are a lot of other ones where it's like they kind of glare at each other mm-hmm. like hey my plan intersects with your plan mm-hmm. mm, like <laughs> that, there, there's a lot of them but those are definitely the most like important m- moments in history of We're talking about physical fights people not not physical fights not yes. squabbles so I, I look forward to seeing how it looks in Dawn of Justice and how this fight goes. But that is our superhero spotlight. Select your hero. Uh, all right, let's quickly get into the news. Uh, well, the big one was the Civil War trailer, which premiered right after like 12, <laughs> no, nine hours after we I really should move this show to Fridays. Maybe so. Well, we'll think about this that. This has been a year-long pro- years-long problem. But on the plus side, we put up a 15-minute yeah, video yeah. of our moment-by-moment breakdown of the entire Civil War trailer. So if you want to know all our all our thoughts on it, including the Spider-Man thing, that's that's it's right there on YouTube.com slash Time Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, I guess the surface it level... It says reactions, but yeah. I swear it is not a bunch of millennials in flat-brimmed hats ripping off poop PewDiePie. <laughs> and, Whoa! Whoa! It's more we just stop Who's and like... Spider-Man? Ooh, what is happening here? When does this happen in the comics? Who has yeah. played this person? Mm-hmm. What have they established? It's, a, it's, a sedate, sober analysis. <laughs> yes, exactly. really boring. For all of you over 25. I can't imagine I didn't throw in a dick or poop joke in there somewhere. But that Spider-Man appearance was, I mean, That's, that broke the internet. That I'm surprised I, I, I just forgot about it. But like, yeah. at, for that, that day, it ruled my consciousness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, just still seeing those, seeing those eyes just squint. We're not too far away. Mm-hmm. 
Walking Dead attraction and coming to Universal Hollywood. It's more like a uh, haunted house that's never going to go away. Yeah, it's, it's they, not like a ride. It's it seems a little little lower scale. No, they've that. done. I've been there uh, somewhat recently, and they they had a Halloween Horror Nights with the Walking Dead. Yeah, uh, several. So what they what I've heard that it is the hilarious tram ride through all the recent your recent favorite Universal movies, <laughs> War of the Worlds. Hello, yeah. War of the Worlds. Anybody remember that movie? Oh, yeah, there's yeah. a giant. Thing devoted to it to this day that and how the Grinch stole Christmas Ugh. because Universal is cranking them out faster than people can. Uh, <laughs> but, Fucking Grinch. But I think that the plane crash sequence to War of the Worlds was perfect to put human zombies in. Yeah, because oh, yeah. because uh, that, that scene is not iconic in War of the Worlds in any way. It's just a no. plane crash and like debris strewn everywhere. I mean, the Tim Robbins part of that movie is the worst part of it. Oh no, wait, that's later. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill I have uh, are been confirmed to be the voices in the Killing Joke animated movie. That's so crazy. Oh, well. The first R-rated DC animated wow. thing. And they're going to be the voices. I can't think of anybody else who would have been yeah. uh, better for that. Uh, Spider-Gwen's getting her own Funko, which is shocking that it even took like... Yeah, this you know, long. It would have felt like it would have been last year, but... They finally announced it. Uh, the early reviews of the Preacher TV series, or the pilot anyway, which comes out in May, have been Seth really Rogan good. Pilot. Hmm? <laughs> the Seth Rogen pilot? Yeah, the Seth Rogen. It is the Seth Rogen pilot. <laughs> it is. Did you guys watch that Sausage Party trailer? I did. I, did not I, I meant to write it up on the site just because, like, has there been an R-rated CG movie? In, I, I maybe in some foreign territory, in some something super yeah. low budget, but never in theaters. Man, this is going to fail miserably, but I'm glad it's <laughs> happening. Uh, and then uh, there was a new Supreme Court justice nominee today. <laughs> uh, Merrick Garland is his name, but the uh, the reason I mention it is because one of the factoids coming out was that he sold, to pay for his law school, he sold his large comic book collection oh, wow. many years ago. So, so you would like him to be in the I guess so. He, so well, uh, as a kid without a job, he amassed enough comic books to sell and put himself through college. That's, so the, that is like a bullshit story if I ever heard one. Well, yeah, this is 70s law school prices. My, though, well, so. still, his parents still got him, uh, what, $80,000 worth of comics? Uh, well, I mean, the, the righteous <laughs> Justice Garland might be right up there and is with Obama as the new nerd in, uh, in the politics. Also, Marvel had, Marvel had an interesting press release today. We're putting out a bunch of Black Panther toys. News! Yeah. But, but it was that they're, like, he's got a new comic coming out. He's going to be in Civil War. And most of all, it's his 50th anniversary this year, oh, which yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah, he, he first appeared in 66 in Fantastic Four. And I guess I'd never realized, like, there had been Black Panther toys before, sure, but had there ever been like the Hulk hands equivalent of a Black Panther costume, no. like the mask and claws thing? Yeah. Like, I don't think so. And, and I saw a couple pretty cool Black Panther, Black Panther uh, shirts in there. There's mm. Black Panther Funko. There's... Yeah, I actually did that talking toys thing where I post things about figures that I had to oh. get rid of when I lost my de- when I got rid of my when I quit my job. And- don't have a desk anymore. Right. I ended up keeping my Marvel Legends Black Panther because when I took the cape off, I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. Mm-hmm. And the cape was just too st- solid and restrictive. Uh, and old plastic cape versus yeah, fabric plastic cape Yeah, plastic cape But then I, in that I mentioned, like, yeah, there's like a, a, a figure from a Marvel Gold line that was a bunch of repurposed toys. So that was a Black Panther toy, and I think that, that might have been the only one. So yeah. in history, until there were like Mini Mates and Legos and stuff, there was like maybe a Black Panther toy. 
And now finally another one. Yeah, and then the Legends one. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, there was the announcement of a new channel, the Comic Con Channel, what? which is what owned f- by Comic Con International, the San Diego uh... people, and it's just going to be year long about geek stuff and all, and I guess set up shop at their conventions. I, I bristled a bit, but it's like. Yeah, I could program that channel tomorrow. I with mean, that's affordable basically what G four was turning into. Anyway, yeah. you know, if we play our cards right, we could get a show on that. Oh, surprisingly, so. I guess not surprisingly, I mentioned G four. Adam Sessler was their first hire. Like Shit. he announced, like, get, "Hey guys, you can't get rid of me. I got a new job." Like, oh, so nice. congrats to Adam Sessler. Yes, yeah. All right, so nice dude, uh, that's it for the news. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, it'll be the first ever Ask Hank segment. Ooh boy. Plus, a couple of things we've been reading and your answers to last week's question of the week. Stay tuned. Why, hello, everybody. Welcome to the break for this week's episode of Cape Crisis. And I thank you all for listening. Uh, But there's a lot of ways you can help us out. Obviously, obviously, there's patreon.com slash laser time, where for just $5 a month, you can really help support the podcast and help us all pay our rent. It's what we do full time. Uh, Any extra little bit helps. You might look at the number and be like, "Ah, you guys have enough money. No, we don't. We don't. Uh, But also, if you wanted to support us, uh, without using Patreon, you can always buy things on Amazon through the links. Uh, when you go to lasertimepodcast.com, you see links to a bunch of stuff that we suggest you uh, would want to buy. But anything you buy through that link, uh, like, say, Skippy Natural Peanut Butter, uh, a little bit of money gets kicked back to us at no extra cost to you. It's that same cheap Amazon price. And there'll be links to a bunch of stuff you can buy on Amazon on this week's episode page. Check it out on lasertimepodcast.com. Uh, don't forget the Superhero Spotlight, the weekly video version of every uh, Superhero Spotlight we've been doing. Just posted the Punisher one. Give it a look. Uh, lots of uh, you know panels we specifically mention. You can check them out directly uh, in the video. It's really, it's really informative, guys. Lastly, now it's time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. This week's pick, I am going to go with... Uh, you know, because Daredevil is out, gotta, I gotta go with something Daredevil-y. And seeing the Daredevil sale that's currently on at Kindle and, and Comixology really makes me want to pick out one. And, you know, the Frank Miller ones are great, the Kevin Smith one is great, but honestly, the Brian Michael Bendis story is the best. You kind of just have to start there and and follow that through to the Ed Brubaker and Mark Wade storylines. But the first Ultimate Collection of uh, the Brian Michael Bendis storyline is on sale right now. Normally 30 bucks, $10 for a digital version. It's a bunch of issues of one of the best runs of Daredevils ever. It gets its start there. And you can buy it through the link on this week's episode page, which again, you will find on lasertimepodcast.com. All right, back to the rest of the show.
Welcome back to segment two, everybody. And uh, we've got... Uh, Hope everybody had a happy 316. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, we Well, we got Steve Austin right here with us. Couldn't Thanks. <laughs> uh, we really enjoy all these comic books. Stone Cold E.T. I want a White Castle. <laughs> Extra cheese. But no, we've got God the walking Dave joining yeah. us. Uh, in between segments, we played Batman and Robin. Mm. One of the worst games we've it's ever surprising. played. surprising. No one, like, ever, I've never heard anybody mention that. But that is that game is fucking terrible. This was the based on the '97 movie on the PlayStation One, and then Brett did most of the playing of it. Uh, I've been leaning back in my chair because, <laughs> like, we've mentioned how we were hungover, and like mm-hmm. that game just totally <laughs> took it out of me. It was so hard to play. Like I've played games for th- over thirty years, <laughs> over thirty years, and I'm like baffled. Many of them starring Batman. As, as to what even the buttons do, yeah. it's I've never been like the Superman then, NES game was frustrating. This was like I want to never play games again because I feel like I'm an idiot all of a sudden. Because like, how could you have made this and go to market and it's this complicated to be Batman to just punch and throw that, batarangs? That like, complicated that you also have to like be at a place at a certain time, and if you miss the time, you just fail. It's like uh, just game it's over. Like, it's a weirdly ambitious game for the time, like polygonal 3D world. Like you can't do that. You have to understand no. these limitations. Like. Anyway. It's probably the first 3D Batman game, though. So yeah. good on you, Acclaim. Yeah. As we always say about Acclaim, its reach exceeded its grasp. <laughs> I'm going to lead back again. Okay, well, uh, let's quickly do a What You've Been Reading update. I don't Dang. think we've all been reading stuff, but I've read a few things. Uh, number one, I'm up to episode 22 of the first season of Young Justice, which uh, I'm really enjoying it. Still, really, it's keeping me going the whole time. So obviously I must enjoy it, though. I really got to finish uh, season one, at least, by Friday, because obviously that's when I'll be watching something else on Netflix, which, uh, I don't know, guys, do you, would you guys like to, I don't want to, it can't be an assignment, but do you think we can watch all of Daredevil by next episode if we no. see it Friday? Uh, no. 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 There's no, no way. That, we'll see. There's 22, ep- 20, how many episodes? 13. 13. So 13 hours, mm-hmm. uh, there's no way. I'll watch it by next I'll, Wednesday. I'll binge it some this weekend. I'll, I'll, I'll get through at least half. But I, I do think. love pointing this out. Unlike a lot of other Netflix shows that use their license of being on Netflix with no commercials, is like our episodes are as long as we yeah. want them to be. Yeah. The rest of development, some episodes are 45, 48 minutes, some are 27. Every every single Daredevil episode is like a tight 55 minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I would guess in order to be on regular television someday. If they'd like to be, yeah. They're just like, trim this uh, trim this shit. Just make it crap. Okay, like, that one can be 56 minutes, but you have to cut out the part for television where the guy impales his own face. <laughs> <laughs> just cut away. Just cut away. Uh, but yeah, the I really like what they're doing with Miss Martian. They, they had an interesting twist for her in the most recent episode. And they, they had a lot more great old school villains appear. I really enjoy it. Um, in the comic book front, new releases today, I read Captain Marvel 3. I, I hadn't read Captain Marvel 2. Uh, it's an interesting, like, kind of aliens takeoff. It's it's like a mix of Star Trek-y diplomacy, and it's it really is like Deep Space Nine, except staffed with Alpha Flight, is what mm. it feels like, which is an interesting feel for a show. I wanted uh, to... a comic. I wanted to read Haunted Mansion number one. Is there's a the new line on of, Disney? Yeah, wow. yeah. Like, there's a... I loved... Uh, 
fuck, what was it? What, the Eddie Murphy film? Yeah, yeah. Figment comic An international yes. Iron Man. But uh, I have been locked out of my Marvel account. Thank you for the codes, Ooh, David. Uh, they will not let me in. I've reset my password like eight times. It's like, you're locked out. Go here to reset your password. I reset it. Log in. Marvel will not let me in and leave my comic That sucks. <laughs> I reset my password the first time with that. I got the same thing. They reset everybody's password. I think they had some sort of breach. Uh, sort of breach, which I, like, well, what did they take? Mm-hmm. My, uh, my digital comics? I guess. I mean, some people might buy <laughs> comics through Marvel.com, and so... Yeah. They could have their information there. It's true. I though that. obviously the right way you should be buying comics is through Kindle on the Amazon links on the lasertimepodcast.com. Yeah, they sync up with uh, Comicsology. Yeah. All you got to do is just nice. it's a quick thing of link my Amazon account with my Comicsology account and then anything you buy from Kindle including single issues will be in your Comicsology. Got to do that cuz there's like that. Uh, the Green Lantern trades I brought look like Dog shit on the Kindle, Kindle yeah, in the but Kindle view. They'll immediately show up in your Comicsology library when you connect it. And that's, uh, there's right now, I put a post of it on the site. There's a Daredevil sale right now, which is really good. Like Daredevil sale, people. It's uh, the more fr- like Daredevil. It's sale. Daredevil. 70% off the first volumes of most of Daredevil's best runs, like both of the Frank Miller runs, Ed Brubaker's first volume, Mark Waite's first volume, uh, Brian Michael Bendis' first volume, oh, yeah. the Kevin Smith story, uh, plus a bunch of Punisher and Electra books, too, all 70% off digitally. All you can get those on Comixology, but again, like I said, if you could couple your Kindle account, you can buy them through the links on the site. Enough advertising, though, sorry. Uh, so, Avengers Standoff. Alpha One, I read that too, which is just... Aye, aye, aye. Is it a Squaresoft game? <laughs> no, it's... Yeah, I know. Well, it's... You know, back in the day, they'd have like, oh, this is a Zero issue, or this is the uh, Alpha and Omega, I guess, in Marvel started with um, the Apocalypse, the Age of Apocalypse books, because remember, De- uh, Brett, they had Age of Apocalypse yeah. Alpha, then Age of Apocalypse Omega. Mm-hmm. They did the same thing with the um, Maximum Clonage story Squirrel Girl to Odessum. Uh, but it's the start of it's it, it's them doing a story that can tie into Civil War the movie without retelling Civil War. So it is uh, two Avengers teams are mad at each other and Bucky is stuck in the middle, and so it's an interesting start. It also had a pretty funny. It has a real funny opening that involves um, watching NFL in the Marvel universe. Yeah, I, you know I what really I like. did read this week? Spent a lot of time reading. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's the Decider has a very thorough oral history of Howard the Duck. <laughs> oh, I meant to read that. everybody participating. Uh, uh, yeah, the directors, he, everybody Leon's but George Andrew. Lucas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like uh, Leah Thompson, Jeffrey Jones is like, yeah, that was everything about that movie. Every, everything that the movie promised me they'd do, like they had to kind of back off, off of it. They but, promised uh, me so many kids. No, just like the makeup job. I'm like, you said you were going to give me monster makeup and you just painted me blue. Man, wait, did I, did <laughs> I mix up the guys? Jeffrey Jones is the pedophile, right? He is the alleged, well, no, I think confirmed. Yeah. Um, At least that child confirmed. pornography, I believe. No, no, he fucks, he fucks somebody. Oh, that's right. No, he solicited, it was solicited, <laughs> yeah. And they tried to get... Pee Wee Herman in trouble to cover his butt. And then the FBI left this cheese out in the wind. Sorry, it's a Ferris Bueller reference (laughs) that I enjoy quite a bit. Uh, If you like Ferris Bueller, go watch Deadpool to the end. I read a few collections, too. The DC Bombshells collection, uh, the first one of those, really good. It's written by uh, Marguerite Bennett. She's great, so she gives this... It takes this thing that was just like these sexy toys and and posters they were selling called uh, DC Bombshells. Mm -hmm. And then she writes a, like, real feminist World War II comics starring all those characters. So you get you get your cheesecake and you can eat it too. It's, it's fun. 
Speaking of cheesecake, just to clarify uh, things, Jeffrey Jones did not. He solicited a 14 year old to pose for pornographic pictures. That, so I don't know if that means so that he was, I could then like, jerk off to him when he was away. <laughs> I don't understand what the problem is. Uh, also, Black Canary Volume <laughs> One from the uh, the DC New. Let's not new use that for a bumper. <laughs> uh, and lastly, the uh, the Secret Wars collection. I got that. It reads a lot better in collected form. I have to say, I had been. We were dumping on it when I was reading it issue to issue in through the constant delays of Secret Wars. But as a collection, it, it but reads you a lot. Learn nothing and bought it again. Yes. Jesus Christ. I couldn't cancel the pre-order. At the, uh, anyway. It would just, it's Let, just too let's hard. Let's not it's get just, into this, all it's right? It's just too difficult let's, to cancel the pre-order. Uh, did anybody, before we get to Dave, before I turn to Dave, did anybody else read anything? Or anything else they want to mention reading? No. no. Okay, well, Dave, The Walking Dave, let yeah. us turn to you for Dave's homework. Yes, well, first, oh. I did watch the new Walking Dead. Uh, did anything happen? Uh, I guess technically not. Mm. It was about Carol and um, why am I? Coral, Daryl? Yeah. No, Carol. Carol and Daryl. Carol and Maggie. Uh, they're they're being held by uh, Negan's men, and uh, it was a really good episode just because like it's again focused on Carol, who is a great character, mm. and she basically because these were people that didn't know her, she like acted like 180 degrees differently throughout the whole episode, like a scared person, and it's just a cool little like character episode. But then they kill all of the captors, and then. They still haven't shown Negan. The frustrating thing in the episode is I haven't been paying attention to who's been cast as Negan or what. Mm-hmm. So a couple times they've run up to somebody. Like, I guess everyone in Negan's camp, they have this uh, mantra. They say, uh, I am Negan. Like, anytime someone confronts them, I'm Negan. So I, a couple uh, times in the episode. With viewers. Yeah, I love you, Spotty. Yeah, so I mean, and I don't, I've been keeping up with the casting news, so I literally thought a couple times, like, holy shit, Negan's here. Oh, wait, no. They just killed him. I would love if the guy they have announced his yeah. cast as Negan, it's actually a fake, and they just murder him in the first scene. And yeah. uh, Also, Dave, are you going to watch the other Kirkman show that's about to premiere, no. Outcast? No, I didn't watch Fear the Walking Dead. So Yeah, so yeah. let alone you're not going to watch Outcast. I mean, does it's it, it struggling, yeah. isn't it? Fear the, uh, Fear the Walking Dead? No, it's I not all right. I, why I mean, it's I not want, doing as good as Walking Dead. I want yeah. this Walking Dead show momentum to die down. Why am I rooting for that? Uh, and Preacher is going to premiere right, right yeah. behind it when yeah. the new season begins I, again. I love the I mean, comic so much and yeah, do not care about the I, show I, at I, all. I, nah. I have to make it to Negan at least. Yeah. After that, it's like, the comic hasn't been like the way it was. I mean, now well, it's starting to get Ezekiel good again. Ezekiel will show up after him with his yeah. tiger and stuff, I would guess. I don't know if they could do that on that. So, Negan, I read the first that first omnibus. Like, mm-hmm. Is he the one that runs the town? No, 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 that's, no that's the governor. governor. Yeah. Negan's like uh, 53 issues after that. Yeah. Oh, okay. But he is a better villain than Post Like post 100 or... He yeah. appears in 100. For okay, the first yeah, time. I definitely yeah. agree with that. Yeah. And I also, yes, I read. Dave's homework time. Uh, I re- well, so the second uh, Gotham Central uh, collection, I got halfway through, which includes. It's about uh, double the, jo- the size of the last yeah. one I gave you, though. So. But yeah, the Joker story, I really liked. But you know what I think I liked? There's like a little one issue thing to open the whole thing up. Oh, what, with the uh, the girl the, who turns on the bat yeah. signal? That's a really I, fun story. It was oh, a yeah. fun little story, and yeah. like it was cute, and. Uh, I, like I, like, the... I, I never really thought about it, but it does make sense. Like, well, yeah, that like every time they turn on the signal, it's admitting defeat, but it's also kind of like unethical. I guess legally speaking, a policeman can't turn on the signal; they'll get yeah. in trouble. So they have to have a the equivalent of a secretary or a, yeah. a freelancer whose job it is to flip the switch yeah. to then keep church and state separate, as yeah. it were. I mean, like I did. I'd spent like it was my worst job ever, but like I spent. Uh, eight months working at like a local uh, like government office on Long Island, and it was just like, yeah, there's so many stupid things where like 
well, no, you have to flip felt this for, but like just to do something simple, like mm. the turn to like flip a switch, just like you switch. have to ask this person and he has to get permission from this person. It's just like so convoluted and like just that went wrong true to me and just like that being a little bit more lighthearted uh, ahead of the Joker stuff. But oh, one thing I didn't really like about the that whole Joker storyline, and I know it's kind of just to like cement the fact that like these people are that work together, they're good friends, and like they have to ha- kind of have, like, gallows humor, uh, but they kind of overdo it, where it's like, they're literally making a joke right before they know, like, Joker is about to shoot somebody. Uh, it's like, come on, like, I would not joke, like, oh, the countdown's almost done, Drum roll, please, or something dumb like that, where it's like, no, you. this is like, you probably should have taken that about, out like I'll 20. have what he's had. Yeah. Well, like, they've been through a lot. I know, though. but they've like... They've been through a whole lot already. But I can see, if the show, if the, if the, if the comic is about grounded characters yeah. without powers, they can't quip like Spider-Man when approaching mortal danger. Yeah, but it's oh. like any TV show yeah. where people mm. will make jokes like that in, yeah. in, in the face of certain peril, like uh, Vic Mackey, man. No, in that specific... Uh, situation, Dave. Also, the mayor had just been killed, so yeah. you're right. You think they would be more like the the, the mayor yeah. had just been assassinated. You think they'd be a little more serious at that moment? Yeah, I mean, I understand. Like, I would have just liked like 20 percent less. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of the stuff is good, and it does like I would I, I would imagine most police forces are like that. Like, you deal with so much like horrible shit all the time that you would want to like lighten the mood, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but just not like literally right when like something terrible has happened to colleagues or like you're you know somebody's about to be murdered it's like ugh. yeah Rough. but i mean you like the characterization of the joker in there yeah it's really good uh you know i a nice time i met somebody who signed something i got a different gotham central volume mm-hmm. signed by ed brubaker and when he signed it for me i told him oh i think you write the best joker ever like in in this comic mm-hmm. and then also in the in that gotham central story and he said, oh, Greg Rooker wrote all that Joker stuff. Like, so I was like, oh, damn. I, uh, doesn't that suck when you're like a co-writer yeah. and then somebody – I was sure I was complimenting something he did. And he's yeah. like, no, it's that other guy. Like it happens with game developers. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, you were so great with this game. You didn't really work that much on that one. <laughs> I just took a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Dave, rating then of the, the soft target storyline in Gotham Central? B. All right, but if I if you if I just add in that random like like a uh, single issue thing before the Joker storyline, B plus because okay. I just thought All it was right. didn't really set the table or anything, but I just thought it was a nice little story. Well, Dave, uh, let's go from one Ed Brubaker <laughs> book to another, and this is the first volume of Criminal, the mm-hmm. Ed Brubaker uh, crime drama story uh, that he does with Sean Phillips. It's called Coward. It is uh, a very good first uh, storyline for the, that. Cool. So. It's a good. It's good stuff. Yeah. And we will be talking about it on next week's episode, so if you'd like to read along and maybe even share your opinions in the comments on next week's episode, we'd love to hear them. Uh, and speaking of comments, last week I asked people for their fir- uh, first questions for me in a Ask Hanks uh, section on this. And so we're going to try this out. It's our first time ever doing it. And there'll be a written component to this uh, around a little later this week, but here are a couple answers I definitely want to get into. First up was Movie Brats, mm-hmm. and their question was, uh, what was the first comic book you ever read that got you into comics in the first place? 
Too obvious? Well, I'm just naturally curious. Uh, so my answer would be Spider-Man 16, the Todd McFarlane run, Spider-Man 16, which was... The Sideways. The Sideways yeah. issue, Todd McFarlane's last Spider-Man issue ever, where they fight Juggernaut in the ruins of the World Trade Center in, in 1992. <laughs> It had just come out, and so it's so funny that I get into it right when Todd McFarlane, the most important Spider-Man artist of that era, leaves. But then when I read that, it almost immediately goes into the Carnage comics, which I Mm. read those a ton, and then that goes straight into Spider-Man's 30th anniversary, and I was just pulled so deep into that. They were just celebrating Spider-Man's 30th anniversary everywhere in 92 that I just couldn't say no. And so that was uh, that's how it started for me. Pretty sure mine's Archie's. <laughs> Before I ever discovered Marvel, it was I had a bunch of Archie. Wow! It wasn't it wasn't Spider Man so much in grocery stores mm-hmm. at the time, but like Archie's were at the oh, checkout when you're counter. Check out with mommy. Yeah, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's when I got. That's when I got a lot of digests. It's true. But I started with Spidey at age ten. That's the first real comic book I got into or I guess nine it is weird because I was reading ravenously before I discovered comics Mm. and then like what there's a shitload of pictures in some of these this is (laughs) is way better Uh, I know I definitely started with uh, the first comic I really remember is like getting a pack of like 30 because I, yeah, I, I yeah. swear the the cards somehow informed this before I'd read a lot in nineteen. Oh, I definitely was also getting the ninety and ninety one yeah, cards in ninety two. Like yeah. So yeah, ninety like the as those cards came out, they kind of like spurred on this. In, and I mean, kind of knew what they were already, but hadn't really got into it. But Amazing three thirty, whatever Return of the Sinister Six Part One is with Electro yeah, on the cover. Yeah, that's like three. I'd say three thirty two, thirty two, early three thirties. Yeah, so it's like Eric Larson after he's taken over from Todd McFarlane. I mean. It's like several issues past that, but uh, yeah, it's Return of the Sinister Six. So in that one issue, you get to see like Electro, Spider-Man, uh, hinting that Doc Ock is. It's just a lot of stuff all crammed in there. But that pack also came with like a spectacular and a web, and and then almost immediately uh, Infinity Gauntlet kicks up because this is probably mid ninety and then into ninety one. Yeah, and then I would really say Infinity Gauntlet is what like cemented it because it wasn't just. Oh, I like Spider-Man. I like, oh, cool, Doc Ock, and oh, <laughs> whose Punisher seems like a cool character. It was like, Infinity Gauntlet was like, there is so much to... to this is di- the Marvel Universe. This is, like, there's right so much going on here. And combine that with, uh, I think, Series 2 of the cards hit right around Infinity Gauntlet time. Yeah. yeah. So that's when it all clicked. Good time. Dave? Uh, what comic got me into comics? Uh, I'll let you know when I finally read it. <laughs> uh... uh no, my I would I would have to say uh, the Adventures of Superman Annual Number Three. I remember like a uh, our local comic shop uh, on Long Island had just opened up Powerhouse Comics and Cards, and like I was just randomly going through Superman issues because I'm like, ah, oh, Superman, everyone is Superman. And there, the cover of this issue is like one of the most etched in my brain covers ever. You mentioned it before. I yeah, knew, where yeah. Superman is making out with Maxima on top of Lois Lane's grave because <laughs> it was an alternate story about Lois Lane dying in childbirth, and uh, then he goes and bangs Maxima. But uh, yeah, and that, the, the Capcom character. Yeah. That's Maximo, sorry. <laughs> Just like going to town on those uh, polka dot boxers, or heart boxers. Uh, and then Batman Boy asked, who's your favorite comic book villain, or time permitting, favorite DC and Marvel villain? Uh... Just a quick hit on here, like Doctor Doom. You just can't beat Doctor Doom in Marvel. It's, it's true. I mean, there, Thanos is great. I Magneto is great. I also am a big fan of Doc Ock, especially after Superior Spider-Man, but... Mm. Doctor Doom is like the platonic ideal of the perfect supervillain. Yeah. He is evil and he can fight anybody. Um, he can he can be 
a dude who bothers Spider-Man on the streets and kidnaps Flash Thompson, or he can get a he can steal the power of the Beyonder and conquer the universe. Yep. He can do all of those things yeah. and then sit on a throne and rule an entire nation and say cursed Richards, yeah. <laughs> but then still come off as like with his own sense of but not an idiot. Like, yeah, not an idiot. Like he like in always some sense of like internal logic that works for him. Mm-hmm. So heroes can occasionally appeal to him and he'll be like Doom understands. He's like, like well, you promised this to somebody and like Doom yeah. never breaks a promise. Yeah, so it I don't know. That he is very and then I for the almost o- exact obvious reason is Ultron. I just mm-hmm. think yeah. I just love when machines I love the idea of machines gaining sentience and then how they view themselves. And how they express themselves physically outwards. The idea of a robot that is so obsessed, like, really only understands hate and is so obsessed (laughs) with being abandoned or... Oh, yeah, abandoned by his father. Yeah, just those huge abandonment issues. But then also, like, every time he's about to, like, go off the end, like, Pym can always, like, try to appeal. And you can tell... please, son. You can tell he wants to let it go so hard. But that feeling of, like, I've held this grudge for so long and, like... I can't. Oh, maybe no. There's just something about that, and then also that he keeps rebuilding himself because he he is always iterating. Like it's Windows and, Ten, Windows. Yeah, 8, and like it's always that. this idea of like, well, he's doing it because like, oh, he's got to look cool. So there's a new toy, or a new artist gets to try something different, and that's true. But it also speaks to the character of he's never satisfied with himself. Mm. He needs to he needs to feel satisfied with his own physical appearance and his own mm. internal logic and his own internal feelings before anyone else can accept him so and then then when it comes to dc my favorite is black adam actually like joker joker lex Luthor, those dudes are cool but black adam especially when he was written by jeff johns and jsa that he was kind of a tweener or that he was just like oh i'm super evil Uh, no I, i can help out i'm kind of a force of good but then he's just like no some people have to die and i will take over this country and kill this dude because because it's the right thing to do. Is, it, yeah. is The Rock Black Adam or not? <laughs> he is. He is, or he will be. All right. They I haven't mean, cast... Uh, well, because in what film? Black Adam looks more... Is Shazam the film? Black Adam looks more Egyptian than uh, the very white features of uh, of Billy Batson's Shazam. Shazam! So, yeah. Oh, that's a distracting thing on the Young Justice show. That When Captain Marvel first appeared, he was voiced by Rob Lowe, but I think they couldn't afford Rob Lowe anymore, and so... <laughs> His voice just changes after like three episodes. Uh, my favorite villain would be um, the Scoutmaster from Radioactive Man. <laughs> Don't be afraid to use your nails, boys. Uh, no, it would, it would uh, be Joker. All right. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. fine. I mean, even like if the fact that I read this and only and just gave it a B, just because it's like I've read so many like really good Joker stories, and he's been great in every single form—the cartoon, the movies, the games. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter where you turn, like there's you can see great like. The stories featuring the Joker. Yeah. It's it's almost that I like a lot of stories less that don't contain mm-hmm. the Joker. I feel like I've written about this eloquently, mm-hmm. but I can't get it out now. Mm-hmm. That the Joker's only motivation is chaos, yeah. or he, he it's in a fourth wall breaking way is exactly what the reader wants to see mm-hmm. happen to Batman. Uh, I don't know. Like he, he's every every one of his appearances is thoroughly rewarding because yeah. uh, it's always something completely unexpected. And I don't know. I don't think you can say that for a lot of other mm-hmm. villains. Like I've kidnapped this and that. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I'll free them like last time. Yeah, <laughs> Joker's job is kind of to surprise you all mm-hmm. the time, and that's that's a really neat attribute for a character yeah. to have. Mm-hmm. No, I like that he is his unpredictability is his superpower. Other than that, he can survive any single thing possible. Yeah. All right, and last week's question of the week was, much like the Batman 89 uh, comic we saw, 
what show, what movie or TV continuity of a comic book would you like to see continued in comic book form? Uh, Keltar93 says, uh, it wouldn't work for most Miyazaki films, but Kiki's Delivery Service feels like it has room for a follow-up in comic form. Uh, the pan-European look would translate well to panels, and I feel like you could tell uh, ongoing youth-oriented stories continuing Kiki's growth toward maturity in a way that complemented the original film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene Simmons Toyota said, Batman 43! Continuing the old Columbia serials and starring still relevant Hollywood <laughs> actor Lewis Wilson. At the very least, I'm sure most of the cart- cartoonists would love to draw those weird floppy Batman ears. Yes, driving around in like a pack or like a, or just a regular car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to the Mac Cave says, I've got to go with the Christopher Reeves Superman movies. I've been emailing and tweeting DC for years telling them how much I would love a Christopher Reeves Superman They comic. won't do it with Batman. They're not going to do it with Superman. Uh, Kelshaw says, I want to see Fantastic Four 15. Uh, give it to somebody like Grant Morrison and see if they can redeem that piece of shit film. Uh, Ravenbaum says, what about a video game continuing a comic? I'd like to see a comic for Dragon's Crown. Same wacky art style with someone writing a world where the G-stringed Amazon might actually exist alongside a hulking armored brute. Uh, And then lastly, Moops said, I would love a modern day comic based on the animated series Exo Squad, which was a damn good cartoon back in the day. It really is. It's like so forgotten. It's It's good stuff. Uh, despite a big marketing pushback in the 90s with toys and other media, the show seemed to fall back into obscurity. There was a Troops comic, uh, or sorry, there was a Tops ca- comic released at the time, but it was a one-shot I never read. A continuing story would be at home today, since a lot of the subject matter is still relevant. And it even ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah. So. That in, uh, in the late 90s, there was a show, a C, I think it might have been CG, called War Planets. Like, War the toys were planets uh, that had, that like, one. satellites you would attach to them. But then, like, this, the cart, the show I would watch, like, every Sunday morning. Uh, and it was it reminded me of ExoSquad, anyway. But, yeah. No, those toys were really cool. I had a friend. Squad toys were great. It was one of the rare times where I didn't have many of toys of something, but a friend had all of them. They were great. He was the one who owned like ten of those guys or Phaeton, and and then he introduced me to the show, and I was just like, "Wow, dudes die on this show!" Yeah, it's it's a serious show. It was a by Saturday morning standards, yeah, very serious. So, all right, well, it took a page from like it was closer to something like if you like Batman the animated series, that was kind of the only other show that like didn't feel like a just plain trying to get you to buy toys mm-hmm. which they were still doing but yeah it definitely wanted you to buy, oh, they wanted buy you to buy toys. the toys but they at least uh, much I felt Transformers the movie mm-hmm. they yeah. were like well we could just phone the shit out of this in but we're not gonna we're gonna yeah. try uh, and I was actually looking up just today um, I realized uh, A I'd like to see it continue B I never read the comics Duckman Duckman is based oh, on a yeah. comic. I wow. just forgot that Everett Peck started it as a comic as a comic and a Topps comic Wow, I should check the that baseball out card too. People. I, I, yeah, they. I mean, the the market uh, for comics in the '90s were so big, everybody started publishing them a little bit. Yeah. Even, yeah. I mean, if I was tops, I'd see, hey, Marvel's coming in and publishing all these cards. I should be taking some of their business and publishing comics. Yeah. Didn't work out so well. And but, wouldn't uh, you know it? eBay amazingly affordable. These Duckman comics, <laughs> mint condition, one dollar, number one, Aww. signed. Aww. Uh, with with six dollars inside, still one dollar. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, this week's question of the week: 
I like the what was the comic that got you into collecting in them. And so that's going to be this one's. We already answered it ourselves. You can answer it in the forums. There'll be a forum page for it. That'll be linked to on the episode page for 180, which you can find on lasertimepodcast.com or you can go to lasertimepodcast.com to read the forums uh, sorry lasertimepodcast.com slash forums but also on that website you can see all these great articles we do that's where we had our Civil War uh, reaction video which you could have watched if you want to hear our granule thoughts on it and I also did a great top 7 this week I would definitely love you guys to read which is 7 actors who have played characters in DC and Marvel films there, there's fewer than you think, but perhaps more than you expect. Uh, <laughs> but why don't we plug some other... Oh, and of course, Superhero Spotlight. Watch those videos. I want to plug the YouTube channel just because... Uh, one, we, we have that uh, Marvel Reaction trailer. The worst Batman game ever. We will show you it. We <laughs> yeah. cannot pass the first objective the first, mission. The first instance, really, of Shockingly, anything happening. it's better. I thought Dark Tomorrow was the worst Batman game, but I think that actually is um, a Batman yeah. and Robin. I, lo- and, I love it when you can fucking, I don't know, turn that that kind of thought on its head. Because uh, no one wants to go actually play these games. You say, like, there is a worst Batman game out here, and I have yeah. proof. You and, have to, yeah, the pro, it's you have to put yourself through the pain of playing them to actually know it. You have to experience it. And, and no, I don't know if anybody saw it. I'm just seeing it now. The Aladdin, which is better, the Genesis the Super Nintendo one and we play them both side by side just to prove it well and of course we have a million podcasts on the network too mm-hmm. like uh, this week's Laser Time about neutered sequels uh, and then uh, there was Talking Simpsons this week was the final episode of season two Blood Feud with uh, uh, quite a big ugly head in it ex kettle. and uh, <laughs> any other any other plugs guys uh, we just did a VG Mini, a VG Empire, it's a video game music podcast about Superman for Sega Genesis. That was uh, a lot of fun. I filled even... with filled with a ton of insanely good music that mm. I, I I keep equating to like you know Streets of Rage, mm. you know Outrun. This game almost approaches with a couple of the songs almost approaches that level. And from a team that like is not known, composers who who are not like household names in the in the game music world, like it's it's crazy that the music is this good. So you can check VGEmpire.com. Yeah. I even dropped some uh, Sims, uh, Superman knowledge. Yes, yeah, so we do talk about what Superman was doing in the early... Like, right before Death of Superman starts, it's kind of a catch-up of, like, here's what Brainiac was doing, here's what Superman was doing. VGEmpire.com, you say. And that would be VG, the letter M, and then Pyre. Yes, like video game music, Pyre. And, of course, there's 302010, the uh, pop culture deconstruction podcast. Yes. And, uh, Dave, I'm sure you have one you want to mention. Cheap podcast, a pro wrestling podcast. Uh, if you like comic books and you, for some reason, don't like wrestling, I don't know, I don't know why you wouldn't, but uh, watch Lucha Underground. It's a, it's uh, basically like it a is bulk a, comic. It's the most like yeah. a comic book. Uh, totally Very totally. super heroic. One, one last plug for me. Patreon.com slash laser time. You can sign up. Low is five bucks. Blah, blah, blah. We did a Monday night movie, as we always do in the community. Thank you. Voted for Flight of the Navigator. One of my favorite, personal favorite movies ever. I don't know if we all enjoyed that as much as I, I did. It, yeah. I had a good time. I, I was euphoric afterwards. <laughs> I immediately got drunker and watched Peach Dragon. Uh, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I wondered why I saw that Blu-ray out. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. As usual, tell your friends about it. And until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior!